All right, well, don't fucking go out there with Alice Cooper and all these people. They'll turn you into bugs or whatever the fuck happened to that guy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Underrated. Uh, as usual, we're going to be talking about some films that are under the radar that just pass most people by. And you know what? We want to talk about them and get right into it. So this this week, we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. And as usual, my lovely co-hosts are here with me, Ariel Ortiz and Derek McDuff. Hey, how's it going? And yeah, so today we're going to get right into it. A uh, little movie, uh, not a little movie, actually. Uh, came out in 1987, Prince of Darkness, directed and written by John Carpenter. Uh, I think he went as uh, Martin Quartermass for when he wrote it, you know, I guess to kind of change it up or something. But yeah, it came out in 1987, budget of $3 million, and made $14 million at the box office. So it was a fairly successful film, I mean, compared to his other films. But this movie stars Donald Pleasance. Uh, he's been in other films with John Carpenter before. Uh, there's one I can't really think. It's it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh, Starman. It, Starman. It, it's it's there somewhere. It's just, you know, I, I'll think about it later. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, they've done other films together. And uh, yeah, so this movie's about a priest played by Donald Pleasance, and he he gets a couple of um, quantum physicists to come together to research this giant cylinder with this liquid in it that potentially will be end up finding out is a liquid version of Satan. So right there and there, the plot's a little weird. Uh, this has been on my list for quite some time. Uh, I've been on kind of a John Carpenter binge as of late, and I had a couple movies in mind. I had Christine in mind. I had in the mouth of madness and I was like, well, you know what? I really liked Christine and I really liked in, in the mouth of madness, but I was like, you know what? Let me finish his apocalypse trilogy with Prince of darkness. And I just felt like this one was always kind of on the fence with a lot of people. Cult wise, reviews wise, I think it has like a 50% on black tomatoes. So yeah, it's a little divisive. Uh, but I want to hear what you guys think of it first. Um, before you start, uh, what were the other two um, Apocalypse movies? I'm, I'm oh, interested. yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, the Apocalypse trilogy is starts with The Thing, then it's Prince of mm-hmm. Darkness, and then it's uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Um, so, yeah. so the it's thing a spiritual trilogy. Yeah, like a spirit, yeah, you know, like a Three okay. Cornettos trilogy kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah. So this is the second one in the trilogy. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, it, it really did feel like a John Carpenter movie, especially al- aligned with Halloween particularly, because just how the opening felt, it felt very much like Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Behind you, um, Alan. Um, for the listeners felt out there, there's much... a visual gag. <laughs> <laughs> it felt very much like Halloween, especially with like the the credits and then the music. That I did it ever stop not having like a musical cue in the background? Because it definitely did for the first like twenty minutes, like kind of like similar to how, but to a more, a, I I don't want to say aggressive scale. 
than Halloween did because you know there's that whole and I'm sure it was written by John Carpenter himself. Um, yeah, the score. Oh, yeah, he did the music um, as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, which it, the music was good, but I was just like, this is like lasting a long time with this with this music. But but yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it did very much feel like the the start with the expedition and stuff like that didn't definitely feel like halloween because of how especially like even shots that are like of of people walking you get a lot of information and about these characters while they're walking to and from places um the the classic sork and walk and talk uh uh-huh yeah yeah um i just want to like ask one question it was are these students, these, please tell me that they're like doctorate students because yeah, they, gra- they think they say they're graduate students. Yeah. Okay. Especially yeah. that okay. one dude, so, like the romantic lead guy, I was like, I was like, how old are you, man? You look like you're like fucking 40. Yeah. Like at least, at least, um, the, the, um, main core group of students, they are students. I, I don't know about, yeah. the, I think the other ones might already be professionals that are already like, you know, tenured or, or work you know, at the school and stuff. But it was it's a very interesting concept of a movie. Um definitely a John Carpenter like of that era. Like with with this Halloween poltergeist especially gave very much like poltergeist feels to it of of like um a possession and then like being like stuck in a ha- in like one central like location and things like that. Well he didn't um, do poltergeist did he? That was Spielberg, right? Yeah, he didn't Shadow do Polter directed Guys. by Spielberg, okay. but it was uh, Toby Hooper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, but I'm saying like it has that kind of feel of that kind mm-hmm. of like era that that this movie existed mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah, and it, it was it was definitely an interesting story. Kind of leaves it up. I, I'm the. I don't think the. I think everything's all good and stuff like that. I really don't think that like there's a looming kind of thing. But maybe he wanted to do a sequel. I don't know. But yeah, it's like a, this this kind of like interesting take on defining like kind of satanic and demonic kind of things. You know, it it takes its its own like way, and it, it and I appreciate that with like an interestingness of like I don't think the goo it's the goo never is never really like quite explained, and I was really hoping that like they 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 reveal a lot to the audience through like you know these these scientists and and things like uh and theologists like researching and cracking down this book and stuff but none of the information is actually shared among them like at least as at least what is shown on on what is is shown to the audience especially with with what the theologist is like translating and stuff like that and and with the symbol like they kind of make that jump of like oh the symbol it's it's a marking and stuff like that and then really i don't i didn't it was kind of like a a, a, a suspension of, dis- of belief with the whole like oh this bruise like and it's like a full-on like sickle marking kind of thing like oh this bruise like oh yeah i'm gonna like lay down and stuff but 
it, it gets intense. It gets intense with, especially with the shooting of the water. I was not expecting like a like how they describe it too. Gun. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a squirt yeah. gun. But then they ex- describe it. It's like pinpoint. Like, like they didn't see the wa- this this water gun shoot into this this woman's mouth. But they know like they describe it as that without seeing it, which is like kind of interesting. Of like. Oh, pinpoint of energy. It, it's just like a pinpoint, a strike, and it's like, well, yeah, it's like a, it was a stream of water and stuff. Uh, but yeah, overall, interesting story. It was a really good uh, throw of the axe for for that that priest. You got to give him props on, on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's the is he the the doctor in in the original Halloween? Is that? Yeah, he's Dr. Loomis. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. So he kind of plays like a similar character in this one as well with that kind of like, he's the one that's like, he might not be like the, the, um, the, I don't want to say like the specialist in this, but he somewhat is. But I mean, like he kind of, you kind of get that feel of like he's the one like kind of chasing after this bad you know the antagonist which is like you know the satan kind of keeping in in intact and stuff like that uh i was very much i I had a little laugh but it was kind of like i had a little laugh with the with the red hand the thick prosthetic red hand that was coming through the 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 mirror i was like classic okay (laughs) (laughs) they're just Um, going with you know trademark registered mm -hmm. satan big red yeah yeah, I was really expecting like like yeah like and then you don't I did like I don't know it's it's a very weird kind of with the whole uh, broadcasting thing too that that kind of uh, kind of was, so... was like a foil of being frustrating to me because it's like you know that this there's this message being sent to you guys but none of you are staying asleep like you guys should like stay asleep don't wake up don't wake up get the full message and stuff so it's yeah the opposite of a fucking freddy movie you gotta go to sleep yeah exactly yeah yeah go exactly. to sleep uh but but overall enjoyable movie um i don't i don't think it was like a carpenter best like i mean like if you're talking about the coronado trilogy uh, I don't know how the third one is, but this for me is giving off like we're at World's End vibes. Ironically, I can or, agree with yeah. that. I agree with that a lot. Um, if I were to rank them personally, it would be like you know, Prince of Darkness at the bottom, and the Mouth of Madness second, and then the masterpiece, the thing, easily. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, but but uh, what what do you think, Derek? Yeah, no, I I dug this movie. I mean. I think that, you know, if Alan, you going into it sight unseen, um, I don't I was like, did Alan know like that he would be like, Oh, this is a movie where it's like all about like religion and sciences and how they interact and it's like, you know that's fucking catnip for me. I had me. no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like it has J- Donald Pleasance and I was like, I am in. That was it. <laughs> but I yeah, very like much you know this the religion and science like like poltergeist, you know, just kinda like random out there kind of feel but it was interesting yeah i mean anytime you have that anybody who's like a long time listener of this show like will know that you know i how fucking hard i like lost my shit for for prometheus when it was all about who this is science and this is religion and how do they interact and what does it mean and this is very much that but in like a cheesy 80s 
horror, sci-fi, supernatural thriller type deal. It felt a lot like he had seen... Uh, John Carpenter was like, this is going to be my version of The Exorcist because it has a lot of those same mm-hmm. themes, how you have the, the mm-hmm. priest in The Exorcist and how he's like a scientific priest. And it's like, okay, well, what does exorcism mean scientifically? And this is kind of trying to find a lot of not hard scientific reasons, but like scientific reasons for like, oh, the devil. And it's, of course, it's it's through the 80s science view, like the, kind of like the way that Ghostbusters was scientific. It's like, oh, we've got the goo, the stream of goo in Ghostbusters 2 running beneath New York City. And this was like, ah, Satan, he's in a goo cylinder. And it's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, but I did enjoy the, the cheesy 80s of it also interacting with the like, oh, well, yeah, this is just kind of like this interesting parable about like religion and science and how they interact with each other and they don't need to be at odds against each other while also having just all the, the tropes that you love of a good 80s movie. It is definitely not the up to the, the level of, you know, his masterpiece, as Alan correctly put it, with The Thing, which I think is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Um, but... It's it's also, I think, a lot better than some other of his movies. Like, if you love Ghost of Mars, great, but it's not a movie that I'm going to oh, revisit. God. I agree with that. I agree with that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, yeah not, I, I saw that movie and like when I came out, and I do not remember anything about it. I was like, I'm just sick to Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 you know, I like that it was a slow burn. Um other than Donald Pleasance, I, I can't really say that the actors are great, but um, for oh, the most yeah. part, I, I thought their characters were You gotta were give good, props except... to one guy. You gotta give props to the black dude, though. He, like... Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Yes, he was, uh, uh, he he was, was great. awesome. And it was nice to see Victor Wong, um, who is the uh, kind of the, you know, the other side of the coin to Donald Pleasance's priest as him being the kind of the scientific guy. Um, and him just kind of be, it's nice to see him in a role that wasn't like trading on, you know, him being an Asian actor. It was, it was just, you know, which is, you know, for the eighties, I thought was pretty progressive and cool. Uh, unfortunately there is another Asian character that feels like a big stereotype. That was my least favorite part of the movie and all the jokes and stuff that he was making was like, Oh man, this is, this is pretty dated. Um, the girl yeah, yeah. Asian. I don't, it was, or was she Filipino? Like, I don't, I don't understand. It, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think uh, it's, it's just like Derek said. I think it's a dated thing, which is hilarious because I felt the film was pretty diverse. Like mm-hmm. you had a lot of different people in it, but that character, uh, I forgot to say, I think want to say Walter. He was just like, I, I don't know what the fuck. I, I think, I think the jokes probably landed back in 1987, but mm-hmm. that the the mm-hmm. the Jew joke with the um, with the Zulu warrior, I was like, fuck, that is yeah, whoa. That was it dated. smelled that was like they dated. sucked all the '80s like dated stuff Dish. and out of all the other characters and just put put them right into that guy. Like mm-hmm. I was just like when at the end he was alive, I was like, huh. I was kind of hoping you would die. No, but then also <laughs> like he runs away like at the first sign of like as, like he could escape, and I really thought like I was not gonna put it past him. I was expect like I was not gonna be surprised if he just ran off, didn't tell anybody, just went back. Or whatever, like, you know, and I, I was really surprised that, oh, he did get the cops. Okay. And probably he, maybe he didn't, though, too. Maybe the co- yeah. they, other people called the cops or whatever. But yeah. 
but yeah, I did enjoy also the different genre elements that all kind of got mixed in. And I think that, you know, Carpenter is somebody who's done this with a thing where it is, you know, a horror movie, but it's also definitely got some sci-fi in it. And this one is a horror movie, but then you have the, like, like we're talking about the, the dreams that are actually like recorded messages from the future. And you have such a good payoff with that in the end. And, you know, I really love, obviously, when you kind of, take a little bit from this genre and take a little bit from this genre. It felt like a really good grab bag of different 80s genre tropes from all kinds of different, like, ooh, here's horror sci-fi, and here's horror, like, religious stuff, and here's horror, the stuff with the Ghostbusters, like, with the goo, and, um, yeah, it felt, it was, it was a really good time. Uh, this is not a movie, you know, that I would have sought out on my own. So I'm really glad that you, uh, you know, had us watch this one and recommend it. Because of all the 80s Carpenter stuff that I would watch, you know, I would probably even watch something like Starman ahead of this. So I'm really glad I got a chance to check it out here. You know, it kind of gets vibes of, of another movie that we discussed on here of like, but kind of doing it for from the start of of like sunshine you know how like it turned into that horror movie but like but there's like a science horror like movie before that i think mm. like this kind of like melded <laughs> kind of like in its own way like melded those two sides of that movie together co- a little bit maybe like cohesively in my opinion but maybe not at the quality but but melded it melded those two halves of that movie okay <laughs> so yeah yeah, that's kind of like what I, what I kind of get kept feels yeah. of like you know. And I did it... I did really like the final girl in this. She was one of the young actors that I I thought was more solid at least than a lot of the other young actors. Other than uh, was it Sully from Brooklyn Nine Nine? Even though he's still yes. bald, yeah, I was him. like, wait a minute, that's fucking that's fucking Sully. And then you Which you know Sully? Also, yeah, he's the bald guy. He's the he's the student that's the bald guy. Like, you get okay. stabbed in the eye. You got stabbed oh, in the eye. Okay, 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 okay. That's why I'm like, the, I, I don't remember. <laughs> He's the one that, yeah, gets like squirted last. Or no, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have those, you know, good slasher tropes. They're kind of getting taken out one after the other. But, you know, the quote unquote slasher in this was just kind of like the infection. And they're each kind of like coming under this and then you have the you know they're all trapped in the house you've got that classic like oh you can't leave this place because otherwise fucking alice cooper is outside uh, oh, who, yeah. he got, that's he, what he, i was about to say yeah. was it was it alice cooper that was fucking it alice because i saw the opening credits i was like alice fucking cooper it and was it reminded alice me, cooper okay all right i was like, I'm like another movie yeah. we talked about which is another 80s movie another cheesy 80s movie which was uh runaway which had gene simmons as the like mm-hmm. bad guy because they were just both have these like great, you know, looks that they do. Obviously, Cooper's role is a lot smaller in this, but he was still able to give that like spooky stage look that he had. And it's like, all right, well, don't fucking go out there with Alice Cooper and all these people. They'll turn you into bugs or whatever the fuck happened to that guy. So some really creative like deaths and kills in the ways that you would see mm-hmm. people get kind of like taken apart. I thought the stuff with the mirror at the end was so cool when she she you know gets sucked into that mirror dimension, and that means cool and ambiguous. It was like, oh, was this always going to happen? Was that always her, or did it change? Like, did and now it's it's still in the far off year of 1999, which I thought was the funniest shit in the world. Which, like, why did they have to list it no, the year one nine nine nine? Is like nine, I guess nine. to like because like, like it that's take, how they talk yeah, in the future. Because, like, they release a number each time that that there was like a, a dream. 
dream. Like the first dream yeah. was like in the year one, and then and then second one was in the year one nine, and then the yeah, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so some re- some really cool stuff. So all in all, I think you know just a really fun, goofy. 80s just kind of and in a way that you can't really i feel like make a lot of horror movies like this anymore where there is a lot of just like build up and build up and build up before you they're laying the tracks and letting you know what's going on you know would start with like a cold open of like oh somebody getting attacked or something and this kind of just like all right here's the story you're just going to go on your own pace and i I did appreciate that but alan this is your pick you haven't really spoken too much on it what what did you have to say about it well um it was really because I had recently rewatched They Live, and then I watched Christine, and then I was I had seen In the Mouth of Madness, and I, that had been on my list for a while for to do on the show. And I was, was kind of popular enough to you know you can't really get away with, and and then it, Christine I was kind of like I feel like those I are like yeah, those are underrated. People like those movies a lot. People talk about those movies all the time. I yeah, like. I mean, Christine, it's a Stephen King adaptation, so I was like, okay, gotta knock it out. And then it kind of came down to In the Mouth of Madness or Prince of Darkness, and I was like, well, In the Mouth of Madness kind of has a bigger following, so I was like, I'll go with Prince of Darkness. I'll be honest, I, I enjoyed the film. It was cool. I thought it was just, like, like you guys were saying, there's a lot of buildup, and I think I had a different mindset going in. I, th- I thought I was expecting a little bit more. I-, I don't know. I guess I was expecting a little bit more Carpenter, I- I- maybe because I was seeing so many of his movies recently where like a lot of action- shit goes on. Actioning. Yeah. Yeah. Actiony. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and I dug it though. Like, I, I dug it. I think it is probably going to be one of my least favorites. You know, I'm not trying to like throw it under the bus or anything. But I mean, there's other bangers, of course. That, that we've already said. But I dug it. I, I like that they were trying to go for like a religion science thing. And I really did appreciate the slow burn. That's just the only thing I have this weird thing with slow burns is that I love them. But the anticipation builds and builds and builds and builds and builds where I go, oh man, this better fucking knock it out of the park kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt it, it teased too much. I, I felt like I just... I, I know it was probably a lot of less is more, but I just want a little bit more. I just wanted a little bit more because, you know, we, we've seen what John Carpenter can do with suspense. I mean, Halloween mm-hmm. is easily one of the, the greatest films of all time, and it's known for its suspense and, and that big final climax. And then you have the thing where he just fucking throws it at you. It just keeps giving you more and more and more and just turns up you know, the, the amp passing 11. And then within the mouth of badness, I felt like that was a little bit more balanced where I had a bit of a slow start, but it had like a creeping feeling to it. It felt very Stephen King-ish in that, in that sense. And then it went really kind of um, uh, HP Lovecraft around the end. But, but this one, I was kind of like, okay, I felt like he wanted to really slow it down. And I think he was probably trying to do something a little bit more slow pace where he's like, okay, you guys know me for this and this salt precinct 13, they live and etc. And I did read a little bit behind it where there's, where some people think it's like a parable of like the AIDS epidemic that was happening at the time. And that, that 
even the, the Asian character that we were kind that of discussing about. Yeah. That, 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 like, you know, he was literally locked. Yeah, the comments and that he's locked in a closet almost, you know, and like women are there, like, guard, like mm-hmm. holding him in. And they're like, the, there's a article saying that, like, oh, it, you know, it, it's, it's a, it, it was a, it was a parable in like the, what was going on at the time. So I was like, okay, I, I see that. I think it was one of those movies where I thought maybe I, maybe I hyped myself up a little too much going into it because I was like, man, I love Carpenter and stuff. So hearing you guys talk about it a little bit more is kind of building a little bit more perspective for me where I'm like, I did enjoy it. I really dug it. The acting was cheesy as hell. You know, Donald Pleasance was great. I felt like the main romantic male lead was really trying to be like Tom Atkins from the time uh, Tom Atkins fucking absolutely killed it. You know, Halloween 3 was really big in the 80s. Same thing, big old mustache. He sleeps with somebody way younger. And, yeah, uh, I was like, those age gaps <laughs> make me a little uncovered. Like, the, 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 how old is this guy supposed to be? How old is this girl? Yo, they go, looked go about up. the same age, didn't they? Oh, they did. I, I mean, to me, I felt like this guy was like 40 the, and she was like 20. Of. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. No, go, watch, go watch Halloween 3 and you'll see how fucking big the discrepancy is of like mustache clad dude is probably hitting 50 almost and the girl is barely 19 maybe but that that's that's another underrated movie for another day but yeah i i i dug it i i think it was one of those movies you kind of have to sit with i i felt like i felt like i just needed a little bit more i know it was my mm-hmm. pick and i went in yeah. blind mm-hmm. but i was like man i just want more i i love the concepts and i love the ideas he was trying to go for Mm. And I felt other films did it a little bit better, like Event Horizon. And like you were saying, Ariel, you know, if you were to pair them up, yeah, Sunshine, like if you were to pair them up, Mm. I think you could watch Prince of Darkness like as a bundle with Mm. Sunshine or you can watch Prince of Darkness with Event Horizon. Mm. And if you really want to just fucking enjoy your night, like really just have a ball of the time, just want to just watch Sunshine and Event Horizon. Well, you know, Alan, you're talking a lot about you know, how this movie is kind of like Carpenter, like very Carpenter-esque. And um, one thing I was thinking of is, you know, with The Thing, it's a, Harold as is a classic now, but at the time, like, audiences and critics didn't like it. Took took mm-hmm. a good amount of time for people to really come around to that movie. And kind of as a result of it being, you know, getting its initial reputation, that's why he had to go make Starman a very kind of like light and nice, fun quote-unquote alien movie a very you know not a movie you would think of as a carpenter movie like a a sweet movie with jeff bridges romance uh alien movie but then i think around because this was a this came out about five years after the thing or maybe a little bit more and it feels like this is this is the time when people maybe are starting to reassess it it's been a little bit of time and now he's like okay i can go back to the well I can start doing again the thing that I've been known for, the thing, you know, like kind of do this spiritual follow-up to the thing. And now that I'm, and he's going to really double down. He's like, I did, he's like, it's the one for you, one for me, you know? So he's like, I did the thing that was for me. I did Starman, that was for you guys. And now I'm back to doing the Prince of Darkness, which is for me. And then I don't know, you know, what came in between this and if there was another one for them. But then, you know, he finished off, he did his last one for me, uh, when he did in the mouth of madness, um, so that was just something I was thinking about a lot as I was watching this. Totally, yeah. I, I can totally see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like Carpenter is definitely a director who loves to do his thing, 
And I, I do agree that I think it's a lot of like, I, I, I do one for you. I do one for me. Cause mm. you know, I, I felt like Halloween was very, I'm doing one for you. It would, it's never mm. been, you know, for him because as, as amazing as that film is, I, even just hearing, seeing like documentaries about the making of Halloween, he always just kind of seems like he's like, yeah, you know, I fucking did it. And, you know, like he doesn't like making his claim to fame. Like he, I feel like he has other projects that he's like, I love doing that much more than Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, you know, there's a whole process to it. You know, you can go watch it on Netflix, the uh, uh, movies that made us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, then, and they go into them for Halloween. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like Prince of Darkness and Mouth of Madness, especially the thing where films where he was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what, I want to put in, you know, he did the, I, I, th- I don't think he did the music for the thing, but like when he puts it as all, you know, I'm pretty sure he did put, put his all as much as he can into Halloween. I mean, masterpiece. And, and I know Deborah Hill was probably a big part of that as well. You know, big shout out to her, but I feel like Prince of Darkness and in the mouth of madness were truly films that he's like, I want to do like, this is what mm-hmm. I want to do. This is what I want to throw out. And, and they live as well. I feel like they live as, as a big kind of like Twilight Zone kind of film. And it just, you know, the message is pretty obvious in that film. But yeah, Prince of Darkness, I feel like he was, he was definitely trying to like do something different. He was really trying to like prove his chops as a filmmaker. And the music was fantastic. Like he's a great musician. He, you know, I still listen to his music nowadays. You know, he's had, Three albums, yeah. Now, um, yeah, they escaped me for the moment, but um, Lost Themes. All three of them are absolute bangers, and all of them should be themes for so many films in their own right. So, I feel when he when he wants to do something, he puts it as all, and he really gives it. Especially since he wrote this one, he, he wrote this one. So, yeah, I, there, there's. I feel like there's a certain appreciation for it. You have to give into it. I feel like some directors. They go and doing what they want to do. And even if, you know, it doesn't hit that high that you really want because you know of other films that they've made before, there's still an appreciation to it because you know they did it from the heart and they were like, I want her to do this for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah. in that, yeah. yeah. It yeah. feels like a quintessential cult classic. Like if you were to describe somebody like, what's like a cult classic from the 80s look like? where it's just kind of like grungy and dirty and fucking weird and it's got all these different ideas and just all this mix of different stuff and it's a movie that's really under the radar and just got kind of some great performances and some really not good performances and there's things that are really dated. Like, all of that, I feel like, are the the components of a quote-unquote cult classic that might not hit, like, might not be a quintessential classic like The Thing, but it's still a movie that I think is like, especially if you're like somebody who's like, I'm a completionist. I want to go back and watch all these weird things that came out in the 80s that kind of defined the genre. I think like this is on the checklist. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I'm, I I feel uh, oh, going back to to something that, that um, you said earlier, Alan, of like it kind of feeling like the movie kind of we're expecting something or expecting more. I think I... I I was too, especially with the whole like um, re- resolution of like the antichrist in a in a way. I guess you could say like I was very much expecting like yeah like a Rosemary's Babies 
situation there, especially with like the you know the the girl essentially becoming pregnant. But I guess like it gets like reabsorbed into her. But I was really like thinking like oh it's like pregnant and then it's like feeding off of her. And it wasn't until like she went back flat stomach where I was thinking like oh and then the now the baby's like it it, it got delivered or whatever like that and then like this is like gonna be the you know like an antichrist kind of figure but to kind of turn that on its head and and in in a way of like oh no it just like the liquid built up in her i think that they, they described it and then it got reabsorbed in her and then she like m- like metamorphosed kind of like into a being that was of the fly that came before the fly um in a way and so that was an interesting take and i i think that it might have hit a bit better if it went in that direction of like a rosemary baby kind of situation um you might have been able to get a little bit more bloodier and like intense if you like kind of include like a delivery kind of scene in that kind of way and then you have these like two women who are like, become kind of like midwife kind of figures and taking that kind of imagery away uh, 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 in a way and stuff like that but I do find it interesting yeah like I, I, I do see it if it if it was meant for that uh interpretation or metaphor for for aids especially with like i don't know it's possible that that um the asian guy was possibly why he acts that way all kind of more like anti like you know uh anti-feminist of of kind of like trying to like hide his his sexuality in a way maybe you could kind of see that see that way as well and and they had, like looking back on that, you you could interpret the movie a completely different direction with that too. So so yeah, it is definitely. It felt yeah, like the way that you guys are saying of like a a very original idea from Carpenter and like feeling like yeah, like he he had like um a story to to tell and and I think he he did it his way in a way and um. And so yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and I think Alan. So this is this is why I'm always kind of afraid to do a pick blind because I'm like, what if I don't like it? You know, not saying that you know that you didn't like this; it was bad or anything. But I'm always like, uh, like, because I was thinking about doing that for when we have come up for a miniseries, and I like was like, I'm gonna watch it first, and I'm like, I'm really glad I watched this because I did not like that movie at all. So I'm always like, I think that's why I did it once. I'm all and I worked out okay, but I'm always a little cautious when it comes to just like jumping in blind and to making these picks so I'm, I'm always curious to see when you do it because you've had pretty good luck in the past um i feel like with just like you know having some really good bangers without a side unseen um but you know i think this one maybe didn't hit the same way as we were expecting yeah absolutely I, it is again you know i i like i guess i'm a gambling man in the in the essence as i, I like to just kind of go in with like you know maybe i will maybe i won't you know my expectations mm-hmm. are you know, because I felt like that when I, because again, when I was watching a couple of movies past couple of weeks, I was like, I really want to do Carpenter really bad. And I was like, I'll do Christine, I'll do Math Madness and stuff. And and I was like, damn, those are all great. But I was like, you know what? Let, let's go one more time. Let's go all in. And yeah, it's not my favorite, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, it's a great film to discuss. And I felt with like Christine when I finished it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I really enjoyed it. That one I felt would have been much more. It's very much different to what I think a lot of people would have thought of. I think we all would have walked in watching that film 
with specific expectations because when I finished it, I was like, wow, that was not what I expected. You know, mm-hmm. you, you think of Christine as like killer haunted car. It's a Goosebumps episode. It writes itself. <laughs> but when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is way fucking different than what I thought. Like, it is not that whatsoever. Yeah, there's some killer car sequences, but there's such there's there's a lot more to it where I was like, yeah, this could have been very it, it could have really gone one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I went with this one because I was kind of like, you know what? Fuck it, man. This this feels way more of like a wild card because it, it, even even in the community, it still feels like it's kind of down there compared to the other films, other Carpenter films. But I dug it. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I like the discussion we've had. And yeah, sometimes they're not all bangers, but I love doing going in blind. And I think also, too, I just. I, I guess it's kind of the way of when, like. I don't know. I guess it's also a question to, to pose for everybody, uh, you guys and the listeners. I, I, I always kind of think about this a lot. When you go into a film. Do you do you go into a film like let's say you know whatever's out right now like last night me and Ariel went to go see Black Phone and I had expectations about it and I said oh okay well it's Joe Hill I love Joe Hill's writing and you know it's based on one of his short stories and I was like I have certain expectations for it and I walked out and I really enjoyed it and I was like oh cool but it didn't hit what I wanted like it it was a fantastic film it's really good to go out and watch it but. There were just small little things where I was like, this could have been better. This could have been better. But I feel like a lot of people that go into films nowadays go into films wanting to be disappointed. Like, I I feel like with this one, I didn't want to go in. I just went in blind. And I think sometimes going in blind, again, it's a wild card, so you don't know what's going to happen. I didn't see any trailers. All I knew is Donald Pleasant's John Carpenter, part of the Apocalypse trilogy. So when you guys go watch a movie... What expectations do you typically have? Do you go, I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy this. Or do you just go, man, the trailer looked kind of dog shit. I guess I'll fucking watch it. It depends for me. I feel like uh, there's some things that like I can't help myself from having it. Like, I don't want to say expectation, but... um, like an excitement for and that comes from the marvel movies um but even with me like watching all the all these theory um videos and stuff like that i don't mind that you know it takes a different direction because like it still brings me excitement and stuff like that and and then yeah overall i don't really have too many expectations like i go in not blind like i don't i watch trailers but Mm. you know trailers usually don't Unless it's a, like a really clearly bad movie, and um, uh, they don't um, they don't like affect me like in my enjoyment of movie and and stuff like that, or like affect my expectation. For me, watching movies, watching a movie, and it isn't until I'm I'm in the world and and ex- and experiencing the movie itself where I start to form opinions and. Yeah, that's how I approach movies, and I think that for me, that makes some makes movies overall a lot more enjoyable. I don't, re- I'm not really crit, crit- like a very cr- um, critic driven kind of 
person when it comes to movies. I just like it whether it, it takes a lot to take me out of a movie. It, it it has to be like really bad writing and not the point not the point of like making it you know it making it funny because of the bad writing. It has to be like really bad writing. Like famously at least for myself, personal personally famously. Like for me the movie the worst movie in the like that I've ever watched is Fanforstic. And to because that kind of drove me to to like rewrite the movie in my head, like from uh, the three minute walk from walking out of the theater into the car to like, th this is how the movie should have gone or something like that, you know? Um, so yeah, so yeah, for me, me, um, don't take much, much stride in myself because, you know, I'm not a critic. Um, I just find enjoyment in movies and overall, and I think that's what the pureness of of movies should be it should be just don't take yourself seriously like you know don't take just enjoy a movie and stuff like that and i did enjoy this movie it it has its weird points but that's that's like part of the charm and you just have to i guess find the charm in every movie and you'll enjoy it so yeah yeah and i, I think i think you're really hitting on something alan when you're talking about you think that a lot of people go into movies not wanting to enjoy them and i think that's really a big result of the, just kind of the youtube age the internet age that we live in where there's things like honest trailer or not even honest trailers stuff like um movie sins where it's just like they yeah, so sins, many yeah. yeah fucking so many people just want to just tear movies apart we're like well the plot holes and this didn't make sense and this didn't make sense and you know it's like you're saying ariel just go fucking go in and enjoy a movie and i i try to go in with as few expectations as possible, which is kind of impossible sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I do go in with really high expectations for a movie for something I'm really excited for. Like, I watched Prey last night, and it fucking delivered. It was fucking great. I loved everything about it. It felt exactly what I'd wanted to see in a Predator movie in a way that hasn't been done since the 80s. And, you know, I try to avoid trailers as much as I can. And, you know, I do think sometimes, though, you... Movies, you know, the expectations will really affect the way you watch a film because I try to go in as clean slate as possible. I, I will be excited about movies sometimes. A good example of one is when I saw Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic Park 1 is one of my favorite movies of all time. I even like the first Jurassic World. And the trailers for this movie, because I try not to watch trailers, but sometimes it's just fucking impossible to get away. You can't watch a Burger King commercial or a fucking, like, without seeing a Tyrannosaurus Rex show up. And I was really excited for that. And the movie did not deliver on any of the things that looked so fucking good from the trailers. But I still was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this movie as a cool throw. It's, it's not a good movie, but I'm still going to have fun with it for what it is. It's still a fun fucking monster movie with these characters that I love. And I had a good time with it. And probably the same thing with people are tearing Thor apart, Thor 4. Because, yeah, it's t I love Thor. I love Taika Waititi. And it's not as good as Thor 3. If I, if I hold it to the expectations that I had going in, it's not, it's not what I wanted. But is it still a good movie? Yes, it's still enjoyable. And I've been doing a thing, too, recently where I'm just going with a group of friends and just kind of seeing these smaller indie movies that I don't even... There's none of them really release trailers. They don't even... I, don't, I know almost next to nothing. Like, I saw this movie a couple weeks ago called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I had no idea what this was. I just knew it was about fashion, and it was about Paris. 
And I went it's in. A, it and looks like a fun movie. It is so goddamn good. This movie, mm-hmm. I was delightful. All right. It was like, you know, the way people are always talking about like Paddington and shit like that. Like, oh, it just mm-hmm. being such Very a warm. Very much Paddington feel. Mm-hmm. And it really was. I didn't know anything about it. So I had no expectations going in. And it just, it warmed my heart so much. And I think with this movie too, I think the reason that I'm maybe, you know, well, I had a really, really good time with it. Maybe more than you guys. I don't know. Is because I just I didn't have any. I'm not a John, like a big John Carpenter guy like you, Alan. I didn't like hold to these high, you know, standards. Like I love the thing, you know, but I don't even. I like I like Halloween, but I'm not even a huge, huge Halloween guy. So I was like, all right, it's gonna be a cheesy '80s movie. It's gonna have some weird stuff in it, and that's what I got. I got exactly what I kind of went in with my not low expectations, but tempered expectations. And I do think that can make a lot of difference. And it is something that is, you know, hard to control your expectations or or your, you know, anticipation of a movie. And it is something that vastly affects it. And I think it is something that will, you know, does affect the critical scores and the box office returns and all of these other things for a movie. You know, Top Gun, I'm just going, I'm just giving all these examples, but that's another one. People were fuck. I that, that's a movie that I enjoyed, and if I had just gone in and watched that movie blind, I think I put I would have liked it a lot more than I did. But it's been just hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped all summer. I finally saw it. And I was like, that was a fun movie. It didn't live up to the hype though. So this this hype machine that is created by the studios and by just the general public and everything is definitely a double edged sword. Where sometimes it can be really good and it can drive people to go see the movies, but sometimes it can really sour sour your experience on a movie and i think that you kind of have to go in and i'm not saying like turn your brain off but kind of go in and enjoy a movie for what it is and just kind of be like this is the experience that i'm having this jurassic park movie is not the jurassic park film that i wanted to see but i'm going to like it for what it is Mm -hmm. exactly like i try and go in like with this one like i said you know i enjoyed christine and in the mouth of man is much more but I still went in this going, it's a John Carpenter film, and I'm still going to dig it. Even if I'm not like, oh my god, it's my favorite. I'm like, I still dug it for what it is. And just like when we went to go see Black Phone last night, I had expectations, but I was like, enjoy what... Instead of nitpicking, take the things you love about it. Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of great scenes in Black Phone where I was like, oh shit, that was terrifying. That was emotionally mm-hmm. raw. Mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera. So when I walked out of it, I was still like, I still felt like I got my worth out of it. I, I just feel like if I were to show this film to just like any, like a random person, especially with like how you're saying where, where, where now it's kind of like, let's talk the fucking shit out of all these movies nowadays. They e- easily would have been like, damn, this movie's solid. It's boring and it's fucking cheesy. And, Da, 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 da. They they would go with certain expectations, or not expectations, but they would immediately just want to destroy it. And one thing that I kind of criticize a lot of people about is I'm like, okay, you're going in with that expectation, or you're going in with like this movie's gonna suck. You saw the trailer. Why are you watching? And and it was kind of a discussion that Ariel Ariel and I had last night, where a buddy of ours, Fred, was like. Oh man, I love the son in the mask. He was fucking loving the shit out of that. He, I don't know, you know, he, he gets into these weird, wild ideas and he was like, have you seen it? And I was like, I refuse to watch it. I don't want to watch it because if the trailer looks like shit, then I'm not going to have a good time. And why am I going to spend my time or waste my time kind of thing? 
so I kind of beg the question for a lot of people out there listening. Like, if you see the trailer and it looks like shit to you, why do you have to go see it? And then just walk out of it with those expectations of like, it looked like dog shit. I saw dog shit. It is dog shit kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's my only kind of criticism with, I guess, movie going. I kind of went on like a random rant. Uh, but this movie just kind of made me think about that when I was watching it throughout, where I was like, God, I, I can't imagine what some people would think about it. Not everybody, mm-hmm. but just some specific people, I guess. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I really feel like I don't personally, I don't, I, I've never really gone on hype trains, specifically Avatar. I, talking about know, the blue people, I'll, right? Yeah, dance, <laughs> dancing with Smurfs. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, like, I never really, like, it, it was getting big hype, big hype, big hype. But I still went in in it just, like, kind of calmly and stuff like that. And, yeah, like, I, it's, like, yeah, it's dancing with, with Smurfs. Um, it's okay. Uh, I, I don't get the hype of it. Especially, like, I'm, I, I, it just, like, yeah, it astounds me with, uh, how like even people are like so hyped for the second one and the third one it's like okay (laughs) you could enjoy your thing i enjoy them Mm -hmm. like i enjoy it it, for what it is but i it's like like it it always surprises me with it being the top grossing movie of all time but Mm -hmm. but um but yeah (laughs) on the flip side of that too i think you know the whole James Cameron thing is, you know, I, like for example, Titanic. That's a movie I went back on my looked when I had it on Letterbox. I had it like three stars because I think I was in that mindset of like, oh my god, like Avatar was the number one movie of all time. It's not that great. Uh, Titanic was before that, and it's just won all the Oscars. James Cameron so fucking annoying, you know, like just all this stuff. He's like, I'm the king of the world, and just like it's so. I was caught up in like the like the negativity of it. It was just like everybody loving this movie, and it had a big backlash. And then I went and rewatched it for another podcast I was on, and just watching Titanic it as a movie. Or, or Avatar. Titanic, Titanic. Okay. And yeah. just watching Titanic as a movie, I was like, this movie's fucking great. Yeah, Titanic and, is great. Titanic and when I was able to, was well, that's what I'm saying. Like that. all this yeah. other stuff was affecting me, and my perception mm-hmm. of the movie, and my remembrance of it. And then when I just went and watched it, this it's so. Fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost perfect. If it wasn't, I fucking hate that last scene where she throws it in the ocean. But yeah. like, other than that, I it's a fucking banger of a movie. And mm-hmm. I and you know, be, and it's impossible to keep your prejudices and your perceptions out of watching a film sometimes. And sometimes that can be a very negative thing, like affect you negatively watching movies. Sometimes you can elevate it, and sometimes you can you know push it down. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see the way that that works. I think. I agree mm-hmm. with you with that. I, I totally agree with you with that because I have fallen for that like the, the i guess the negative hype like you were saying like top gun maverick i've never seen the original top gun and it's just it's one of those movies where i was like i'll get to it one day i'm not in a rush and it's not because i think it's not going to be good it's just i'm like eh, i just don't want to watch it right now like i'll mm-hmm. get to it one day and that's fine but yeah i, I totally get you about how you're going with the mindset as well so i guess that kind of answers my question is i feel like yeah, I guess people just go into a movie just hoping to be disappointed and hoping that that's what it's like now with like Marvel, you know, Marvel was Marvel's been, you know, king 
as of recent for a while now. And now it's kind of being the cool thing to be like, fuck these mm-hmm. Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Fuck the show. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. And it's kind of like now becoming that negative hype. It's kind of what happens with uh, horror franchises. I mean, to kind of touch back on to the horror. Paradigm Activity. There's like fucking so many of them. The first one was iconic from when it came out. And then the second one came out. And I felt that one was really fucking good. It was superior to the first. But then all these sequels came out. All these sequels. Oh, today mm-hmm. they just announced another Saw. Yeah, and I'm like, who that's the what fuck? I was about to say. Who else mm-hmm. wants to see these? Like, I felt like Saw had great hype in the in the late 2000s. The first three were really good and they were solid. But now it's like, okay, they keep bringing them out, bringing them out, bringing them out. I understand that type of negative hype where you're like, please stop. Like, we're done with this. And there's other, and, and people just love to get into that. Oh my God, they're making another one. Ah, uh, I can't wait to go watch this and shit on it. And I'm like, why bother then? Just mm-hmm. don't go watch it. Go something else. Go watch yeah. something else. Yeah, you know what? what's the purest, unfortunately? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say unfortunately, but the purest franchise, I think, is the the Fast and the Furious movies. Because they know what they are. The The audience knows what they are. They just watch it. And it, it's, mm. it's like, it, they, they're not... They're not incredible movies, of course. They're but but it's just that's like I think is like the the fan the series of movies fandom whatever you want to call it that is the most pure I think of of like things like because like you could shit on it but they they shit on it but it's like in a fun way it's like a knowing way like they like. They're going to fucking space. Like it, it's just like the ridiculousness they embrace, and I think that that moviegoers need to be like that. It even in like crit- critical movies, like just enjoy it. Just find that pure joy of movie, and and I really think that that that's like the purest kind of like audience is that is that franchise. Yeah, and honestly, that's that's why I, I love doing this show, is because I want to go into a movie liking a movie and want to re-examine all of these movies that, you know, because of a certain perception, because of a certain outlook, because it might be dated or it might have been ahead of its time or it might have just not hit in the right way, going re-examining it and saying, well, because of all these factors, this movie doesn't get the the credit it deserves and we're going to go in and re-examine it and say hey it deserves a second look this is actually why it's great and so that's why i love coming on here every other week with you guys and talking about a movie like that absolutely but any final thoughts no no i think yeah yeah, go into it just like we've been saying just to enjoy a movie yeah yep yep seconded seconded from me Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you so much. And, you know, I really appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys go and listening to the show with a good mindset as well. I hope we entertain <laughs> you and I hope you guys like the discussion and I hope you guys appreciate it. I know sometimes we go on these tangents, but I feel like that's the best part because, you know, we're talking about a film and then we kind of go on a tangent that's part of it. And I feel that's like the best because it kind of sparks even more discussion and hopefully cr- helps you or makes you critically think. And maybe you want to talk about talk about it with your friends or family, whatever. I'm just happy that we're here doing it, just like Derek said. But yeah, thank you guys so much. And now the shameless plugs. 
goodness. Um, as always, I I host a podcast called You've Never Seen Question Mark Exclamation Point, where I discuss films that I I myself have never seen or um my my um guest has never seen but is considered a movie of, of pop culture cinematic history. Um so so yeah, go and check out that. That comes out on the first of every month. Um and it's a fun little ditty. Yep, and then uh, we've also got a Patreon. Um, so if you guys want to check us out on patreon.com slash undercastcompany, uh, we have some exclusive episodes for our Undercast Film Club there. We're always adding new ones. I've got some co- a few ideas that I want to throw out. Um, so you might be guys seeing a couple more episodes of that. Um, sometimes I put up the episodes of Underrated early there, so you guys can get those sometimes as much as a week in advance or more. And then we've, of course, got our Instagram. Uh, I've got my other show, Gateway Episodes. Uh, speaking of Patreon, where once we hit our Patreon goal, I'll start to release Season 2 of my TV podcast, Gateway Episodes. I'm currently recording that and working on that. And as far as this show goes, um, we also are going to be kicking off after this. This was a earlier movie than we like to, when we usually talk about. I feel like we have been, most of the films we talked about have been from the 21st century. Um, so with that in mind, uh, our next mini-series that we're doing is going to be called The Vintage Collection, where each of the three of us are going to be picking a movie from before 1970s, so pre-Golden Age of Hollywood, and talking about these movies from the past that are underrated. Um, so I went a little bit into the past, but this one in the 80s, we're going even further back, so we are picking those right now, so get ready to to uh, get in the time machine and listen to uh, us talk about some older, maybe forgotten films uh that are going to be uh in uh, starting uh, pretty soon awesome well i'm excited for that i'm really <laughs> excited for that i have to figure out because my favorite old movies are from the 80s so now i'm like all right i have to go even further back so i'm like all right how am i gonna figure this out it's been a challenge for me too i'm like i'm like oh yeah and a lot of the older stuff that i like is stuff that's all really popular so i'm like you know definitely delving into some things that have been on my letterbox list for a while that are maybe a little bit more uh less respected or you know for definitely stuff that has been forgotten maybe some stuff that's maybe only represented in that criterion collection or something like that uh, so yeah it's gonna be fun but um yeah, yeah. check Where any I, updates i grew i was raised on these movies <laughs> i mean yeah me, me too oh no 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 i was raised on like 1920s 30s 40s movies. yeah yeah so, so yeah. i'm ex- ariel has a cool pick that i'm really excited mm-hmm. for so but yeah, uh, so any information about that, you know, just follow us on all our socials, Undercast Company, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, but until then, um, I will see you guys later. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one.